Hey world, you're listening to the first ever episode of Globe Thotter, the pod that puts the lover in travel lover. I'm Cassie Martinez, your fearless and questionably too flirty host. A serial traveler pushed into semi-retirement by COVID, Globe Thotter is my passion project. No pun intended. Each week, I'm bringing together the hottest travelers in the game to share their juiciest travel love stories. Each episode is recorded live on Twitch, then in true oversharer fashion, cut into the podcast you hear today. Want to spill the tea with me in real time? Check out the pod's description to see when we go live next. As we hunker down at home in these uncertain times, I hope this pod brings back memories abroad and maybe even makes you text that dude from two summers ago. I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? On today's episode, we've got a must-follow content creator whose fresh perspective on travel has been featured in BuzzFeed, Matador Network, CNN, you name it. I couldn't have asked for a better first guest than Nasir Fleming. But I could have asked for better microphone settings on my end. While not the sharpest recording, Nasir's charm and candor was too good to not salvage into an episode and share with the world. Also, promised next episode will sound so much better. So fasten those seatbelts and lift those tray tables, because Globethotter is taking off. Looking so good. Oh, thank you, baby. Yeah, you're a little bit grainy tonight, but that is to be expected when we are on the internet, when we are in the middle of a pandemonium. This is sometimes as good as it gets, y'all. Yes, absolutely. Especially during the nighttime, because you know damn well when there's no lighting, it's all green. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And that's a really good point, too, that Globe Thoughter, the podcast, needed to be at night, and the later, the better. Like when I was thinking yes. about, okay, what time do we want to have? this podcast that is all about travel hookups and all about juicy little explorations that you do in countries where no one knows your real name. I was like, (laughs) it has to be dark out. I'm sorry. And I have to be wearing one of my club tops. That's the way things are going to go. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me introduce myself. Right, exactly. We've already jumped to the club scene. That's for later, (laughs) y'all. But let me introduce myself. I am Cassie Martinez, and you are on the Globe Thoughter channel, a channel that I dreamt up in the middle of all this mess as a place that I wanted to bring on my friends and interview them and ask them about their romance travel stories because I am an ex-serial traveler that has put that hat up in the middle of all this. But... You know, I was thinking, oh, okay, let me make this channel. Let me scoop up my Twitch name, all that stuff. And then I just started playing The Sims. And then I kind of lost track of the fact that I wanted to make this podcast for a couple of weeks. I've been on Twitch for a month. And I was like, Cassie, remember why you made this channel? It's not just all about The Sims. But it is. No, I'm <laughs> but kidding. it is, but it isn't, but it is. Um, anyway, I'm so excited to have brought on the ideal first guest, Nasir. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We have met one time IRL, but we are true, I think, internet friends. I remember when we met in person, it was like, I definitely felt like I had known you for sure. And 
I think, you know, we really kind of got to know each other through Shut Up and Go, which is an amazing digital community, travel website, tons of travel stories, amazing community to be part of if you're a young person. Hey, not even just young. If you're a person that loves travel, <laughs> you should check it out, definitely. And this year, I'd love to hear you talk in your own words, kind of like what you were doing for Shut Up and Go, what it is that your career is, because you are an amazing digital content creator who specifically is like killing it in travel. Oh, thank you. You're literally so sweet. So basically, after college, I worked for Shut Up and Go, which is the digital community of like young, crazy, wild travelers. Essentially, for them, I was just doing a lot of the social media marketing. And on top of that, I was doing in-person events. But thanks to Miss Rona, that's no longer a thing. <laughs> Little Miss Rona. Right. But yeah, I had an amazing two years with them and then um, started to do my own solo travel thing. And now I work a, a corporate social media job, but still trying to make travel content when I'm not doing that. Oh, I totally hear you. And I think you're one of the awesome digital content creators that is trying out all these different platforms. I see you whenever I open up TikTok or doing like really cool shit on Instagram. I think that you're an experimenter when it comes to this stuff and it's, it's paying off. So I want to hear first off, what's your favorite travel destination? Damn, that's such a freaking hard question. I don't know. Okay, so I will say I have been to Mexico like four times. I'm currently living here, all different parts of Mexico. I absolutely adore Mexico City. It's my third time here. I've been living here for almost four months now. I have so many favorites, but Mexico always is the one, Mexico City particularly is always the one that I come back to. Ooh, I love that. So Mexico is your top. Yeah, I would say for the foreseeable future until I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm living in Argentina now or wherever. And I'm like, okay, I think I love this place. But uh, every place that I'm in currently is always my favorite place usually. Wow. Well, there's such a lesson to be learned from that just in a nutshell. Damn. Oh. I have in the chat. I love Mexico City. There is so much to see. That is beyond true. Oh, well, hello. I, that's awesome that people are here. Hi. That's exciting. Hey. I think for me on my end, like my favorite travel cities, I, I don't know if this still holds true, but I definitely pre-pandemic, this was my truth. <laughs> <laughs> it was the three Bs. It was Berlin, Barcelona, and Budapest. Ooh, like, yes. just... But also, like, I was a different woman then. I'm saying pre-pandemic because, like, when I was picking a favorite town or favorite destination, I was like, okay, I want it to be as big as possible. I want the really good nightlife scene. I want, you know, just that kind of super cosmopolitan side, whereas really kind of larger growing part of me that's like the smaller, the better almost. Mm. I want quaint and I want cottage core and all those things. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So let's see here. I'd love to hear about yourself in travel mode. Yeah. Like, how would you describe yourself? Totally. And also, I'll really quickly say, I just realized that tonight I prepared my story about Sweden. But when you said Berlin, I was like, girl, I forgot I went to Berghain. Some shit happened at Berghain. I love that. I want to hear it. I want to hear it all. Yes. But anyway, so sorry. So in travel mode, how would I describe myself? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Okay, so it really depends. I feel like pre-pandemic, I was super hardcore, traditional Virgo, planning everything, needed to know what was happening at this time, X, Y, and Z. During the pandemic, when I like moved to Mexico, half the time I was like, where the fuck am I sleeping tomorrow? I don't, wait, are we allowed to curse on Twitch? <laughs> yes, yes, big yes. 
Yes. Okay. Perfect. But yeah. So um, used to be super, super organized. Now I'm just very go with the flow. I'm very relaxed. Of course, I still have my um, moments. <laughs> my moments of like, hey, like this needs to be like this. But I would say I'm definitely more chaotic yet relaxed now than I was before, which is a very odd way to think of it. But <laughs> I love that blend chaotic, but calm. <laughs> yeah, like mentally, like anxiety always like on a thousand. <laughs> okay, always, always that doesn't go. But you know, I think you you've mentioned that you're four months in in Mexico, I feel like you're at that precious little moment in solo travel in just kind of getting your your grounding in when you're like, okay, I've got this I'm in the flow. Because the first like few weeks of it, oh my gosh. Like I, I never like trust the first few weeks of a solo travel adventure because it's just nuts. You're so in your head. The ego is fighting every little bit of the way. And you're in like one of your favorite places in the whole wide world now. You've got your apartment. You're settling in. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I will say like I'm so thankful to have a community here. I have a couple of friends here. Um, I've met a lot of awesome Mexican people, which is really great. I often talk. Yeah, your Spanish is fantastic. Oh, thank you. We're getting there. Thank you. But yeah, I'm so comfortable. I'm, I'm really happy. Yay. That's awesome. I think sometimes about the last trip that I took, it was supposed to be like a one month little solo adventure. And by the end of that first month, I was barely even feeling comfortable. Mm -hmm. How weird is that? It ended up stretching to six months. Oh, damn. <laughs> I had a subletter and I was freelancing at the time. So like at the end of every single month, my subletter wanted the apartment for another month. And I was like, you know what? you're making this really easy on me. Like, yeah. okay, I'll just stay here. And I was also volunteering in hostels, which you and I have both done. Amazing. Amazing. I want to touch on that because we both volunteered in the same hostel in Sevilla in Spain, not at the same time. Yes. Completely separate, but, and even different hostels in the same town that were under the same like umbrella. Yeah. So wild. Literally, like when I ended up there and you're like, wait, dude, are you at this one? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And you're like, literally, I worked at the same one, but on the other side of town. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Yours was the funner one, TBH. Honestly, yeah. Because I was the party leader. That's why. <laughs> Ooh. You know, it's funny. I remember being really, really hyped for being like the party leader as well. And I remember my night rolled around and I almost wanted to give up the responsibility. I was like, I can't do this. I feel like that other girl's much better at this than me. I don't know. I don't I don't know the way to get there without a map. And then I finally was just like, okay, let everybody start drinking and playing yeah. this game and turning over the cards. And then I was like, wait, Cassie, you're freaking natural at this shit. What were you even worried about? But I want to get into the nitty gritty, which is, do you believe in quote unquote travel love? Do you see it as a legitimate form of love? Honestly, absolutely. You know, maybe this is just the hopeless romantic in me coming out, but I feel like the only times that I felt love, I guess, or some like uh, intense lust or a spark of whatever was when I was traveling. I don't know if I was falling in love with the place. I don't know if I was falling in love with the moment or if the person was just fine as hell. I don't know, but I will say that I've had more amazing romantic experiences outside of the USA than I have in the USA. Uh, I so agree. And it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, you brought up the different factors. You're like, is it because they're just finer? Is it because I'm more confident here? Is it the like being away from home? 
who freaking knows? But it really adds up to this beautiful equation of just being so present in the moment. Absolutely. And really just not caring about anything. Oh my gosh. You talk about like, you know, being kind of like more Virgo self while in the States, right? Where (laughs) you're feeling like very more like type A. That super resonates with me. Here in the States, when it comes to organization, work, even the way I approach dating, much more like of a type A person. And I feel like it's harder to go with the flow when this is where you freaking live, you know, and every date you're going on, you're like, well, why don't you want to be my boyfriend? (laughs) Why don't you want to be my partner? Like, what does that mean? (laughs) Exactly. Whereas I think like a critical difference with travel love is you don't even get to that question because it doesn't make sense to look at somebody who's from 7,000, 4,000 miles away and be like, do you want to be serious? (laughs) You only have that moment. No, I agree with you, but it depends though, because there are like there's a person or two or whatever that I'm like. So are are we a thing or? What is, ah. what is this? <laughs> but I agree with you. <laughs> so there's this kind of stigma that there's only one kind of love out there. Like we have in the mainstream media, it's like the traditional love, like the monogamous kind of love, where you know you are long-term partners. You live in the same place. Maybe maybe you're long distance. That's as like crazy as people can get with it. But I'm curious your thoughts on the legitimacy of kind of travel love. Like for me, like I find myself in some moments where I maybe met you a couple hours ago. Well, let's try at least days. And I'm looking and I'm like, I'm feeling something very real here. It feels to me like this is love. You know, maybe it's not the forever kind of love, but it's a chapter to me. I'd love your take. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, was it last week? I think it was. I just did a YouTube video on this topic of like being 20 and never being in a relationship. But coming from that, I realized that the focus wasn't actually on being in a relationship, but it was more so focused on experiencing and enjoying different types of love. So, you know, of Mm -hmm. course you have your physical affection, you have your traditional sexual affection, but also sometimes you just have that emotional caressing from someone that you care about, but it doesn't lead into something physical and that's okay. And I feel like oftentimes, yeah. yeah, And oftentimes with travel love, I'm only putting in air quotes because I don't know if like for some people it exists, for some people it doesn't, for me it does. Hell yeah. But with travel love, you know, there are just those really intimate moments that, that aren't always sexual, but you just feel reborn and you just feel so passionate and so excited to see what happens next. And I think those moments shouldn't be overlooked at all. Hell yeah. You know, even you talking about it on such a poignant level reminds me of this time that I flew out to Italy. Yes. This was to revisit a tryst, you know, someone that was very near and dear to me at this time, like, oh my gosh. And I remember we were driving around on a bus because I ain't nobody got cars, <laughs> but we were driving around on this bus. And um, it was just one of those really beautiful kind of moments at dusk. The sun was setting. It was a tiny little beautiful island of Sardinia where it's just known for being quiet. You know, like that's it. It's life is slow and it's easy and it's not complicated. And we're in this bus with a bunch of other people that are trying to get around carpool. And my little beau at the time is falling asleep and he's falling asleep here on my shoulder and just kind of leaning in. And I'm like, these are the moments, man. Like I in no way, shape or form was going to fall asleep. You know, you're just like energized by love sometimes. But you're just like, oh my God, this is it. Tries to sneak picture. (laughs) Their eyes pop open. (laughs) 
amazing. And you just put your like one headphone in so you can have a cinematic moment real quick and just be dramatic as hell. That's so true. Who would you play in that moment? Honestly, in a romantic moment like that, I'd probably play Banks. I love her. She's sad as hell. And I'm like, girl, me too. I have problems, don't we all? Yeah. I'd probably play some Banks. Or honestly, I'm like a little electro host. So I'd probably put on some little like upbeat. Depends on the yeah, mood. But sad electro. <laughs> on the topic of music, do you ever make playlists for when you're traveling? Yeah, absolutely. So I always associate music with moments. So I'll definitely have like little playlists about like, oh, that one time I was in Sevilla or Valencia or whatever. And even now, like I just make playlists. That's actually my love language. If I make a playlist for you and I send it to you. uh, I love that. (laughs) Amazing. And I'm curious, you know, as a fellow like kind of travel addict, how are you doing right now? How have like how has your perspective on traveling changed? What are you kind of looking forward to when we get out the house? Yeah, absolutely. I will say right now, I'm just making the most of enjoying my current surroundings. Like, of course, we can always have like this moment of yearning to get away. But realistically, wherever you are, usually there's so much to do. Like, if you Google, I don't know, wherever, like X, Y, and Z city guide, like there's going to be a shit ton of stuff to do. Even if it's a little town in Pennsylvania, there's some history there. There's something to do. So I've just, obviously I'm lucky. I'm in Mexico city. I'm very thankful to be here so I can explore. Yeah. But afterwards, I don't know. I'm right. Okay. The Schengen needs to open up their damn borders. It's been a whole S year. The Schengen. I know that bitch well. I know that bitch well. Let me tell you. You got her, didn't you? <laughs> the crazy, this is a whole story for another time. But like I mentioned earlier, I was traveling for about six months of last year. Like little did I know that like that was going to be the last time I was out. I feel like I almost knew. I was like, stay out as long as the bank account still works. But I remember I was in Western Europe for like three months and then I would have never left. I would have never left. And then the Schengen hit and I was like, okay, bitch has to go to Croatia. That's where everybody yeah. goes when the Schengen's over. And I remember waiting, waiting, waiting um, to try and come back. Like I kept thinking, like, I want to get back to Portugal. Like I had had such a good time there. My friends were there. I'm low-key, you know, in hindsight, kind of glad I got kicked out because I would have just stayed in what was familiar to me. I would have kept in my loops, my little friend groups, instead of exploring Eastern Europe, which has so, so much there and is like eccentric and different and has so many different things to offer. But yeah, I know that bitch well, Schengen. I'd love to get segue into your story. You gave me a little snippet, but I said not too much, not too much, because I want to be surprised. But okay, set the scene. Where are we? Okay, so we are in Stockholm. It's 2016. This is my first year of study abroad. My school just gave me a refund check of $8,000. So you know damn well, I was like, okay, I'm going to go travel. So I was studying abroad in France. We flew to Stockholm for the weekend. And we were like, all right, cool. So basically, we met up with these two people who I had actually met in New York two years ago. And the thing with Europeans, or actually the thing with many people from many cultures, is if they say, hey, when you're in town, come visit me, usually they mean, come visit me. So they mean it. Oh, absolutely. They're like, yeah, you could stay with us, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh my God. Okay, thank you for the hospitality. So basically, I was just hanging out with my Swedish pals, and one was a drag queen. And she was like, okay, let's go to my favorite bar. It's called The Secret Garden. Love that. I was like, so what secrets? What's going on here? (laughs) 
<laughs> so we went down to the secret garden and it was just really, really chill and low key, but everyone was having such an amazing time. So I was ordering a drink and I felt someone do this on my shoulder and I turned around and it was this dude and I was like, hey, and he started talking to me in Swedish and I was like, <laughs> okay. and now I'm studying a little bit of Swedish. So when I go back, I'll be ready. But anyway, so he's happy on the shoulder and he just started chatting with me and I was like, oh my God, this guy's really, really sweet. And we just kept having a couple of drinks. I totally forgot that my friend was over on the other side of technically, I called it a bar, but it's really like a tavern. Okay. So on the other side of the tavern. And then after three or four drinks, he's like, hey, like, let's go outside to have a smoke. And I was like, okay, I don't smoke, but I'm gonna smoke a cigarette for you. (laughs) Right. So we went outside and then this is one big cultural difference, but he stopped me and was like, oh, hey, by the way, you can't bring your drinks outside. And I was like, why? And he's like, because the um, bouncer will get mad at you. So he's like, you can put your drink right there. And I was like, look, Olaf, I don't know how y'all do here in Sweden, but in the States, we do not leave our drinks unattended. No. And he's like, no, no, seriously, like it's Stockholm, like nothing will happen. It's fine. This is the beginning of your Taken story. <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> so my dumb ass, I was like, okay, I believe him. So I put my little drink. I trust this guy. Yes. I was like, oh, of course, he would never lie to me. So I put my drink on the side of the bar or whatever, like, so no one could find it. And we went outside in the freezing cold. I was wearing a mesh t-shirt. I look good as hell. Nipples able to cut glass. Absolutely. Nipples on, erect, um, <laughs> like too much. And so anyway, he saw that I was shivering and was really cold. And at this point, we had only been very friendly. And he just got a little bit closer to me and was like, oh, like, let me warm you. But in a very polite, very sweet way. And like, he pulled me close and just hugged me. Oh. And I was like, I was like, did this random man just hug me? <laughs> and I loved it. So hurt by the U.S. for like affection. Yes, absolutely. And literally going back to what we were talking about earlier, different types of loves, maybe physical touch was his love language. Good for him. Ooh, good for him. It's mine too. So I was very happy. And then after that, you know, just we were chatting a little bit and he's like, you know what? You're very, very beautiful. And I was like, oh, thank you. Hello. And then he's like, do you mind if I kiss you? And I was like, yeah, no problem. So he leaned in. I love the yeah, no problem. I'm like, yeah, of course. No worries. (laughs) So he leaned in and kissed me. And I was like, oh, this is super, super adorable. And then we kept making out we started to make out a lot, but outside and it was literally five degrees. Yep. And you're in mesh. Let's not forget. And then after that, I was like, oh my God, yes. And he's like, so do you want to come back home with me? And at that point I had never in my life had had sex. So I was like, uh, uh, yeah, yes, I guess. So then he's like, okay, cool, cool. So I was sitting in line in the bathroom and he was rubbing on my shoulder and kissing my neck. And I was oh like, my gosh. oh my God, he was being sweet. I see. He was, because that bathroom line was long. So he's like, let me just occupy you, I guess. And then out of nowhere, someone came up to me and tapped on my shoulder. And I was like, oh, hey, how are you? And she's like, um, what are you two doing? And I was like, oh, I'm going to use the bathroom. Why? What's up? And she's like, why are you with my boyfriend? And I was like, <laughs> excuse I was like, me. Yeah, I was like, excuse me. And um, she's like, yeah, that's my boyfriend. I was like, oh, my God, I'm really sorry. Like, he literally didn't tell me that he was in a relationship and then they started talking to each other and he was very fast Swedish 
very fast Swedish. And then he translated after and he's like, oh, I thought we were in an open relationship. And she was like, no, I never agreed to this. And I was just sitting there really awkwardly minding my business. Like, okay. But anyway, so the moral of the story for that one is that everything is lovely, but when you're in a relationship, please have open communication. Uh, Like I'm so down for open relationships and just people being true to themselves. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Communicate with your partner and Olaf didn't communicate. (laughs) Sounds like Olaf had a dream at some point that they had that conversation. Right. He was daydreaming because oof. I'm trying to think of like a comparable story here. I remember I was at a festival. This was in Spain. And guess who was playing? It was James Blake. Like, it's just like setting the fucking scene. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you've gone out with me, you know that I reach a certain point in the night where I'm just going to go up to somebody. Like, if I like you, if I think you're attractive, like, I don't hold back. I'm just going to go up to you and be like, hey, I think you're really cute. Or like, hey, I'm Cassie. What's your name? Like, because... YOLO one life and like do whatever the hell you want to do you know just don't hurt people but anyway I remember I was walking back to my friends and I had just found them in the crowd and that's so hard at a festival already but I look over and I see this guy and he's kind of making eyes at me and I'm starting to make eyes at him and I just stop and I'm like you're really cute and he goes you're really cute and it just became like a you're really cute fest and we started chatting and like a kind of I guess like a couple minutes in he's like oh by the way um I'm in a relationship and I was like what that's so lame but he's like but it's an open he's like but it's an open relationship I don't I won't say that I didn't immediately think that wasn't lame like I at first was thinking to myself I was like that's so not my thing yeah I you know just like all of that kind of kicked in Mm -hmm. just like this isn't for me like I've never done that before and he's like she's here you would meet her like that's how we roll like you'd have to meet this person okay and um don't even worry about it she's off with some guy right now that I met earlier he's some Irish guy and I was like yo this is just so weird and I was at the point of the night a couple beers in that I was like I want to see where this goes. I want to see this dynamic here because I've never seen it up close. And at the end of the day, I am but a curious kitten who wants to see new things. (laughs) So I ended up meeting her. She was super sweet. She was like, you're so beautiful. And I'm like, you're beautiful. (laughs) And it was just really interesting to hang out with them for the night because I don't know, just a lot of the different ways that we hold things as, you know, typical Americans, like they were just like so chill about But that's where I learned that there's dynamics, there's rules. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the best things about traveling is realizing that every culture is different. And in some cultures, like there's not an emphasis on putting a a label on on to everything. And I feel like in the States where, you know, our expertise is capitalism and marketing. So we feel the need to label every fucking thing. Yeah. I love how you put it as well, that it really does always come down to just what? capitalism and like selling that label and like don't you want it because look at what how much we make you spend on marriages and how much we make you spend on like dissolving the marriage and how much we make you spend when you go through your quarter life or midlife crisis after the marriage it's absolutely insane how old were you when you started traveling yeah so my first time ever leaving the country i was 16 and that was like on a cute little school trip which was fun i'm very thankful that my family like could scrape up enough money to pay for it. Super, super thankful. And then I started traveling on my own with my own money and everything when I was in college. I 
worked at a coffee shop and literally saved 30 bucks a week. And I was like, I'm buying my flight. I'm doing this. Nice. Where was that trip when you were 16? When I was 16, it was to Paris and Barcelona. I remember I did something similar and maybe it was even the same program that we both did. It was like called People to People. Ooh, um, yes, I remember them. I did EF tours, but yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So People to People was like, basically you're an ambassador of the US and you get to go to these places. Well, it was the first time my region had ever been invited to do this and it was crazy. We were idiots abroad. Like, I mean, I was very much like a geek at this phase. And I say that with love. Like, <laughs> if people were young and like drinking around me, I was like, I think I need to go back to the room. I think we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> but, that was me too. But there were some crazy ass people in this group. And like, I remember there was a girl, she was out of control and we were at the Louvre outside and we're just waiting to get in. Right. All of a sudden, some police come out of nowhere and arrest her because she was carving her name into the wall. Picture like Cassie was here. Wait. Into the wall. Yo. <laughs> Real shit. It was, and that was just like the typical thing. And I remember as well on that one trip, we were robbed as a group three times. But it's because, I don't know if EF did this as well, but like when you traveled from place to place, like say you were at the airport or the train station, those were the days that they forced you to wear polos, like matching mm. polos. Like, oh, no. please rob me, it should say, you know? Damn. And every time we were robbed, I was the one to see it. It never happened to me. But like, for example, we were in, don't laugh, we were in a McDonald's, all queued up in our stupid outfits, getting like McDoubles and shit. McDouble. You know, a pickpocket came inside, saw us all lined up and was going one by one opening backpacks. And no one was looking at her, except for me. Like me and her made eye contact and she just kind of looked like, what are you going to do about it? Oh, that was her vibe. Oh, damn. Exactly. And then she eventually left. There was another time when we were on an overnight train from Venice to Paris. We were locked up in our little rooms for the night and you lock it. And so you think you're safe, you know? And I was up on the third bunk and I wore contacts at the time. So I took them out at night. And in the morning, like the early daylight, I noticed somebody come in our train car, but I'm like, I can't see. I just see their shadow. Oh no. You know? And I'm, yeah, exactly. Oh no. And I'm just kind of like moving around to make noise up there. Like that's all I've got. You know, I, I don't want to say anything, but I want him to know that I'm awake. Like you mm. should leave. But he had been going through this stuff at the bottom. He ended up stealing a girl's money and like, I guess, traveler's checks or whatever. Didn't take anything of mine. Damn. But I was just like, this keeps happening here. But again, we truly had a target on our backs. Yeah, with those damn polos. <laughs> yep. Bella in the chat says, McDonald's abroad hits different though. Ooh, yes, absolutely. I will say, I don't go to McDonald's often, but Canadian McDonald's, the poutine was not amazing. But when you're drunk as hell, absolutely. French McDonald's, look, they had a McFlurry that had speckles, which is like Biscoff. Do you know like the Biscoff cookies? Okay, yeah. So damn good. So yes, Bella, you have a point. <laughs> <laughs> But let's get to you and Bergheim. Like, if we're going to really be globetrotting tonight. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, let me try to keep it rated PG 17. Or what is it? MA at 17 plus or whatever the hell the rating is. Yeah, let's stay between PG 13 and R. <laughs> we'll do that. 
So basically, I went to visit one of my friends in Berlin. Super, super cool. Obviously, he lives there. He's German. He's been to Berghain at least like... Knows what's what. Yeah, he's been there at least like four or five times. So yeah, basically, I got there. There was an amazing voguing community, and that was really, really cool to see. And I just became friends with them. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, let's all go out. And so basically, we waited in line at Berghain. I was wearing mesh once again. <laughs> I had a jacket on. To go to. Yes, I had a jacket on, but it was a very light wool jacket. And it was like, you know, after the thing is, is like when it snows, it's not that cold, but after it snows, girl, it's fucking freezing. So it yeah. was right after it snowed. My fucking Doc Martens like had little snow and water droplets seeping through the bottom, going into my socks. And I was like, okay. So I waited outside for a good, no exaggeration, an hour and 15 minutes. Right. Right. And that's because you knew a guy who knew a guy. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine if we didn't know nobody. Like, anyway. (laughs) Hot mess. (laughs) Yes. They make you earn it. They really do. But luckily, I was wearing my all black. I was wearing my mesh. I I had a little bit of smoky eyeliner. So I was, like, I was feeling the part. And then when we got up to the front, they were just, like, don't say a word. And I was, like. I was going to ask, did you say quiet as a lamb? Yeah, no, he doesn't speak. Um, but anyway, so they started talking to him in German and he almost didn't let us in. He looked at me and he looked at my outfit and he was like, okay, he's wearing mesh, he's wearing some combat boots. Like, okay, this might be his vibe, whatever. So they were like, yeah, whatever, go in. What was your friend wearing? Um, honestly, I remember being scared that we weren't going to get in because he wasn't wearing the typical everyone tells you to wear. But we got in, um, luckily, because he recognized my friend. And yeah, once you got in, of course, you have to put a little sticker on your phone so you can't take pictures and videos, which is amazing. And I don't know if um, people watching know the history of their kind, but essentially, um, it was an old factory. And in the 90s, it actually turned into essentially like an underground like sex club for LGBTQ plus people. And then after that, it sort of became like a very popular club. And people still there you know um if that's their scene but now it's more of like a touristy thing i guess and not like in the weird like um quote-unquote like hipstery kind of way like oh it's so touristy but literally like britney spears tried to go to bear kind once like (laughs) she didn't get in no, she didn't get in. <laughs> so once I was in, mind you, this was the year I studied abroad. So I was 19. I was a baby. And I... Wow, 19 at Bergheim. So my friend was like, okay, I've been here five times. I'm going to sit here on the couch. You can just go explore for an hour. Girl, this hour? I saw some shit, which is great. Like, go off. Anyways, like I went upstairs and once you first get in, it's not too, too crazy. Just your typical club, great music, no lyrics, which at that time I was like, I don't know if I'm into hard techno, but now I am. But anyway, so there's this one Dutch guy who came up to me and he was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, hi. And I guess he thought I was cute or whatever. He's like, I come here every weekend. I was like, okay, good for you. Nice. And he was like, yeah, I live in Amsterdam, but I take the the bus over. It's only like three hours to get to Berlin. I was like, oh my gosh, red flags, honey. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So usually I'm here from Thursday until Sunday, bro. You not brushing your teeth for three days. (laughs) You stay in there. Go off. But you know, it's okay if it's like a once a month thing, but he's like, I'm here every weekend. I'm like, sir. (laughs) Sir. 
He's like, yeah, also, like, you know, I'm, like, a big drug dealer here. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to go, sir. Like, I'm not trying to get caught up in no shit. So after that, I just walked around. Now, looking back, now that I'm 24, it's not that big of a deal. But at the age of 19, I was like, oh, there are different rooms. And essentially, um, each of the rooms uh, has, like, a different vibe going on. But they're all dark rooms. So essentially, I walked. Right. And, you know, you just gently feel some, like, hands on your shoulder, on your sides. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, bitch, I'm at a sex club. Oh, my God. Wow. You were like Dorothy in the woods. I was exploring the rooms. And then the last room was actually super riveting. I had never seen um, live sex. And there was communal swings, which was very fun. I was like, good for you guys. Yeah, the communal- age before COVID. Before COVID. And, you know, there might have been some things going on with fists, whatever. Use your imagination. And I was like, okay, this is fun. I got to go. And so I headed out. And that was my first night at Bearkind. And honestly, super fun, super exciting. Yeah. It was nice to see something different because I think oftentimes when we travel, like we expect things to be like certain bars in the States. Now that I've been around New York, I know obviously there are clubs like that. But at 19, I was like, holy shit, this is a whole new world. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Berlin clubs are like none other. I don't even know how to pronounce this one that I went to, like Grismule or whatever. Anyway, it used to exist in one way. They tore it down and now there's another. But the old one is the one that I went to. And it was really cool. There was like basically like all these outdoor play sets, but they wouldn't call them that. It was just all this like wooden, like little tiny edifices that you could climb into seriously like ladders and then you would go inside and it would just be bodies and bodies and bodies and it felt like the matrix like truly all those club scenes i remember walking in and looking over to the left and there was a staircase that went down and you just saw shadows right and it was just this piercing dark red light and even when you were in it your eyes would never adjust they never adjusted so everybody stayed a shadow It was very trippy, but you just lean into it. It's so anonymous. Like that was the thing about the light. It was like, I could never even see my friend. So just like lean into it, dude. Be fucking weird, you know? Enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want to have people be able to follow you. I want them to be able to support you after this. Where can they find you? Thank you. You're so sweet. So yeah, on um, Instagram, it's just uh, my handles at Nasir Fleming. And hopefully tomorrow i'm revamping my website so you know i'm like i have too many good travel stories too much travel writing so it's just www.nasirfleming.com um and that should be live by the end of the week Ooh, i absolutely love that we're just getting going baby absolutely (laughs) you know 2021 is a year for us to try to experiment to create to everything so good for you and thank you so much for having me Yes. On that note, I'm so, so glad that you're on here and setting the tone for this new series. We're learning, we're growing together, and I would absolutely love to have you on again. Think of some more stories. Oh, trust me. I have a lot of stories. I'm so ready. Thank you. This is so fucking exciting. Yeah, of course. I think too, like for me, it's like thinking of those stories and then thinking, okay, well, how can I substitute little parts? I think both you and I were like, okay. And then we're at, we got to the part where we're like, and I can't tell that one live. Right. I can't tell that one live. <laughs> Maybe that's for the Patreon, baby. Yes, Get the real okay. deal. Right, Patreon, I got you. I'll be spilling all the, all the tea, all the coffee, all the beverages. 100%. Well, you have a lovely night. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and wishing you the best of luck. Um, obviously, I'll be here to support a thousand percent, but I cannot wait to see all the other episodes. Um, and yes, this- and we need to get you on here. Oh my God, on Twitch? We'll see. We'll see. Like, Whatever games you want to start playing. Oh my God. Look, the only game I play is like my brain playing the anxiety game. <laughs> oh, that's an option. That's an option. Does Twitch have that? Yeah. Me playing myself? There we go. So thank you so much. Have a great evening. Of course. Bye. Bye. Enchanté. There you have it. Globethotter's first episode, On the Books. Keep up with our amazing guest, Nasir Fleming, by following him on Insta, TikTok, or his YouTube channel, full of helpful travel tips. Be sure to subscribe to the pod and follow Globethotter on Twitch to catch these interviews recorded live. Don't forget to shoot us a follow on Instagram as well to not miss a thing. At the lover in Travel Lover. Inspired to share your epic travel story? I'm all ears. Hit Globethotter's DMs and tell me all about it. Till next time, I'm Cassie Martinez. Hello, yeah. Enchanté.